0: The Supreme Court recently ruled that college athletes may benefit from perks beyond tuition, room, and board, and five state legislatures determined that college athletes may begin profiting from their personal brands. This ruling can be life-changing for student-athletes, like those with whom Wendy Hutchinson works. As the academic advisor for the men's basketball team at Edmondson Westside High School in Baltimore, Wendy is part of the basketball team coaching staff. She even travels with the team and sits on the bench. While two of the school's graduates went on to play in the NBA, Wendy knows that only 1.6% of college athletes make it to the pros. Another statistic represents a more pressing issue for her students. Only 55% of black male student athletes graduate from college within six years. According to a report produced by USC's Race and Equity Center, perhaps nowhere in higher education is the disenfranchisement of black male students more insidious than in college athletics this summer, Wendy is using a Fund for Teachers grant to make sure her basketball players have a better shot at success in all its forms. Welcome to Fund for Teachers, the podcast. I'm Carrie Caton, and the goal of each episode is to elevate teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. Today, we visit with Wendy Hutchinson, health and AP seminar teacher and academic advisor to the men's basketball team at one of Baltimore's eight career and technical education high schools. Wendy is also a 2021 Fund for Teachers Fellow who is using her $5,000 grant to research established athletic advising programs at colleges and universities across the country. She's in the process of gathering information from Division I and Division III programs, as well as those at historically black colleges and universities, to create a first-of-its-kind high school athletic advising program that helps student-athletes prepare for a seamless, and successful transition to college life. Wendy holds an undergraduate degree in health education from the State University of New York, Cortland, a master's degree in community health from Temple University, and a certificate in advanced studies in educational administration and supervision from Johns Hopkins University. I was curious about how a youth tennis player from upstate New York became a valued member of a seven-person coaching staff dedicated to preparing young men for the court and a career. I like to start all of these conversations with our fellows with the simple question, why did you become a teacher?
1: Um, Actually, teaching chose me. So um, it was not a conscious choice. Uh, When I was in college, there there were three pathways you could take, and I was put into education. My advisor said, Oh, education. And I disagreed probably because I could public speak. I was comfortable and I was outgoing. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And thankfully it was, um, it was a good match. Where did you start your career? I started in Rochester, New York in middle school, teaching seventh grade health from that middle school experience, I did go back to graduate school and I also stayed at Temple University as coordinator of women's health for um, a year. It was a one-year grant and then I came to Baltimore where I was a a health educator in a local high school for a couple years and um, moved into a program manager position for a Special ed program, a post secondary transition program. And I worked with 18 to 21 year old students for about nine to 10 years. Then I came to another big high school. We call them CTE schools, a career and technology education school. And that's where I've been and have done a variety of things at that school as well. You teach health, you also teach students SAT prep. And then I am the academic advisor for boys basketball. Couple of years ago, the eligibility rules changed in Baltimore, and some of our athletes, many of our athletes, were having trouble maintaining and being eligible for their sports. So the um, the basketball coaches asked if I could help, and it originally started as um, I, I just monitored the players' grades and you know spoke with them when things didn't look like they were going to um, be eligible. And it grew into more of a, a very active role within the team.
0: So you get to know these
1: students pretty well, I would assume. Very well. And some of them I had taught and some I had not. It did start out as a traditional academic advisor. And then it just, it just grew into other things. And the relationship that I have with the players allowed me to be really helpful and sometimes a calming force <laughs> within, um, within the team. Can you
0: talk about some of those
1: other things? I hold study hall. I'm sure if, if the players need extra help, get them tutors, we tutor them, which really kind of leads into why the fellowship became an important avenue for me. We really wanted to expand. And when I say we, I mean the basketball staff. We really wanted to expand because we saw that the extra attention we gave our players, that the better leaders they became and they were able to really handle some of their situations in school better. And so we wanted to expand and actually have a program. And again, because colleges have athletic academic advising programs, that was why I wanted to look at, at some of the best programs to then create one for, um, for our students to go through. I read in your proposal that there, there is not a prototype for what you want to do. Per se, I have not been able to find anybody that offers a course that is the program development um, avenue that I am going to take.
0: Talk a little bit about the school at which you teach, because it sounds as if it's quite an athletic powerhouse. Two of, the, two of your students went to the NBA in basketball. Academically, your school is in the, the lower ranks of the state, but athletically, you're in like the top 14% of the state.
1: Yes, we are um, a career in technology education school, about 850 students Our problems in are are very much the problems across the country and in urban schools, the staff at my school, you know, people work tirelessly to help kids, our students really do Want to to be certified in whatever their career path is, and and graduate, and um, you know they work hard, and and it's not easy. Why have you stayed at this particular school for so long? That's a long time. It it is a long time, but it takes a long time to develop a relationship, and I I just really like it. I've been able to do some other things, and could 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 do many other things, but um, I just found where I'm good. And where I can be most, where I can help the most and be most influential. And so I've loved my career there. It's a great school. Um, I work with great people. The administration is extremely supportive. Um, I've been able to do, you know, many things, including this, which again, we just started an academic advisor position because of the need.
0: Were you always a basketball fan?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Always basketball stole my heart. Were sports important to you growing up? Yes, I come from a very, very sport-loving family. My oldest brother was, you know, a three-star athlete, football, basketball, baseball. My second oldest brother was a gymnast. And I'm the baby, and I was probably the most uncoordinated in the family, but <laughs> but um, I'm a tennis player. So um, I, I like the lifelong sports. And um, we watched football. We watched The Olympics, you couldn't, you couldn't touch our house during the Olympics.
0: And then what prompted the coaches to come to you initially to say, we could use your help assisting these students?
1: Two of the coaches uh, work at this, we work at the same school, so we're colleagues, you know, we knew each other, we weren't close in the beginning, but they knew my reputation and they knew that I'm all about helping the kids in any way that I can. And so they felt comfortable enough to come to me because they knew I would say yes. And then, you know, through the years, we've become extremely good friends and we've built a family within our um, coaching staff as well. So it's been, it's been amazing. They're amazing men and, and women. They're the men in the community that, that we want our kids to be with. They're caring and they go to the Nth degree for players and um, they're no nonsense, but the kids really um, love and respect them. And. I, you know, I'm very thankful and grateful that um, we have a staff of seven total, including myself, and all of the coaches are, it's about academics before athletics. So everybody pitches in and, you know, certain coaches have certain relationships with certain players, with their families. And so everybody, everybody really pitches in and it definitely takes all of us to make sure everything goes correctly. And, and, you know, that, that our, um, that our players are, are doing the best and being the best they can be.
0: Did they call you Ms. Hutchinson? What do they call you?
1: <laughs> Ms. Hutch. Ms.
0: Hutch. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you're a mother figure to these students. I am. I
1: am. Uh, yes, absolutely. To some more than others. But I, I, I did bring a different a different piece to the whole puzzle. We do have another woman who is actually a coach on staff and then myself. So it did round it did round things out. And I you know, I think the players really, they really do appreciate that. And, you know, I can do things differently than some of the um, than some of the coaches.
0: Did you grow up in an urban setting?
1: No, I grew up in upstate New York, in Rochester, New York.
0: So did you ever imagine that you would end up being an academic advisor to a powerhouse high school basketball team in Baltimore, Maryland?
1: It's kind of funny because I went to Temple University for graduate school and Coach John Chaney was just, I adored him and um, I was a season ticket holder, went to every game and I... I would watch the bench and the team. And there was a woman who was obviously with the team and she was always working, like she always had papers. I don't know what she was doing, but, and I was like, who, 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 is, who is this woman? And I found out that she is she was the academic advisor just for the basketball team. And I always scratched my head and I was like, hmm, I would love that job. And so this has been 20 something years and um, I recently found a letter that I that I wrote to Coach Cheney because, as a graduate student, I got to do a whole bunch of programming, and that I wanted to um, to do programming with the basketball team. So it kind of took a full circle. It took a long time to happen, but but, and I don't I don't know the woman's name, but I was like, hmm, I really that is really the job for me.
0: She modeled for you what was possible without ever knowing that you're in the stands,
1: right? And Absolutely. Then,
0: and you're doing the same with your students.
1: And, and I think that is true, because I do travel with the team, I sit on the bench, I sit at the end of the bench, because I'm not a coach. Um, I dress in regular clothes to make the distinction. The head coach has gotten several questions like, who's that? So yeah, it, um, it kind of is a very much a modeling situation. So somebody out there is saying, who's she? Just like I said, who's that woman? It's
0: fantastic. Yeah,
1: yeah it's been very exciting. It's just been um, so much really, really good and joyful work.
0: Okay, so then let's talk about your fellowship. You had been the academic advisor for the basketball team for three years. You remembered about fun for Teachers, and you thought, I could do what?
1: I could advance what we want to do based on research, based on something concrete.
0: What is it that you were going to research? Um,
1: I want to know the qualities, characteristics, attributes that colleges need high school players to have when they join their teams as freshmen. So I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to bridge that gap. I wanted to help the high school kids to be more prepared to go to college academically, socially, athletically, just the whole the whole package. I was watching and hearing stories of students who really should have had a nice career in college, and they weren't. And so I was curious to know why, why that wasn't happening.
0: So tell us a little bit about what you'll be doing and what you've already started doing this summer.
1: Right? So I, I'm actually um, collecting qualitative data. So I, I want to know from these powerhouse division one schools that have just amazing athletic academic advising departments. I want to know, I want to know their experience. So I want to know what they see the need for the kids coming in at the collegiate level. I really have just asked that question and i um, I have gotten hours and hours worth of information um, as to, you know, what would help that transition.
0: You were going across the country also. You're doing historically black universities. You're doing some out in the Pacific Northwest, Division I schools, Division three schools. Correct. How did, how did you pick the institutions? I picked them based on the reputation of their academic advising
1: departments. Some are elite. Some are award-winning I picked Division One schools that we have sent kids to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wanted to pick the schools that had the best
0: because I know. want our
1: high school to have the best.
0: Do your students know that you're doing this? Um, some do. A couple of
1: basketball players do. Yeah, and I teach an advanced placement class and they know because um, I've um, helped them to go through the process of what it means to go to college. You know, they are the top 5%. And, and what really also got me thinking is that they really needed help. Their thoughts were all over about what it means to go to college and where should I go to college and why and, and the whole bit. And I heard them and they were really, they were really stressed out. So they also were very um, instrumental in me thinking that we had to do more.
0: Have you been well received from these departments when you just, uh, you just call and say, this is what I'm doing. And I'd, I'd love to talk to you. I have. I didn't
1: realize how busy the summer is for athletic departments. I was thinking, oh, okay, they're on their summer hours, just like I am. But that's not the case. And so people are extremely busy. And now that the pandemic has sort of eased up a little bit, recruiting is even more this summer than typically. So people are extremely busy. So um it's, it's, it's taken some, it's taken some work, but you know, so far the, the places that I have been able to go have been extremely welcoming and love the idea and are pretty excited to get my findings as well. And so, you know, meeting one person, they know somebody here and, and, and so it's just been a snowball effect. And so I have really, um, met some so many wonderful people who have been very instrumental in helping me go to the next place.
0: Well, and it's extremely timely, because yesterday, the Supreme Court ruled that NCAA athletes could financially benefit and and build their own brand. And so, okay, so then you will complete your fellowship going to different these different universities right before school starts. And then how do you see this kind of developing over the the next year or so, starting this program, this advising program?
1: Well, um, the principal at my school has very graciously assigned a class. And so I will develop a program based on this information. And I've actually hand-selected about 20 kids. So we'll hit the, we'll hit the ground running, um, you know, it'll be a work in progress. It won't, it, I, I won't have the whole thing completely mapped out at the beginning, but I'll at least have an idea of most important to get started with. And so, yeah, so I'll meet with, I'll meet with this group of about 20 for the whole year. And depending on the schedule goes, it may be 40. I think that's a, a really a good cross section of athletes that are college bound some that are trade-bound, some that are just not sure yet.
0: I'm looking at your at your proposal, and you said one of the first challenges is, is to address the school culture and equity. Often athletes are seen to be the in-group that gets different treatment from students that are in the out-group. And negative implications severely stunt the athlete's ability to meet eligibility. Tell me more about that.
1: Um, So there is a perception that athletes get special attention and and I can only speak for our basketball players because I know that story and many colleagues do believe that. And then when I show up and, and I'm there helping, they believe that, you know, the kids have extra help. Now, while they do in some ways, they don't see behind the scenes as to how hard we are the kids how hard we are on them managing their relationships with their teachers and and how to get everything completed in time management and maintain their their eligibility we have put some of the onus back on the students while we do nothing but help you know some people some people don't see the benefit all the way around and so the other part of um this year and my fellowship will be to provide some professional development for um, for my colleagues. We just are all about helping. And while all of the basketball coaches do not work at, at our school, every teacher has everybody's number and they just have to pick up the phone and the head coach is there and, and he works outside of the school. And if there's ever an issue or something needs to be addressed, somebody is immediately there to help our player. And um, to me, that's only a benefit. And quite honestly, as, um, as a classroom educator, I have benefited from coaches throughout you know throughout my time. So once I find out that you know you're a volleyball player or a softball player or a bad, you know or a football player, then I make those connections because, um, you know, I just think that sports are just so, so important. And um, there's nothing I wouldn't do to help any kid who wanted to play a sport.
0: You wrote in your proposal that participating in this program that you will be developing, students will do these five things. Maintain academic eligibility, develop organizational and study skills, develop leadership skills, become critical thinkers, problem solvers, and global citizens, and have goals and a plan for meeting the challenges to reach them in high school and in college. And then the next sentence she said is, this this proposed program will be a paradigm shift from traditional education. Tell me what you mean by that.
1: The program is going to be self-directed. So while I imagine there will be some topics, I really want the cohort. To determine what they need, and and so my thinking is they need to be academically eligible. They need organizational and study skills, and all of this will help them to be better leaders and critical thinkers. Mm-hmm. That is just from years and years of experience. Um, but it will be it will be self directed. Um, the students will um, create many of the um, of the topics and the activities. And it will be different because it will be be student driven.
0: And you also said that the process, well, the goal is academic success and good grades. The process is emotional and social. And it sounds like, and again, I'm assuming, but the, the backgrounds from which your students come are rife with emotional and social situations that make the academic success and good grades much more difficult to attain. Yes, there
1: are many challenges that my students face. And one of the goals will be emotional resilient, to have them be able to be resilient in situations that are not always favorable. And some of that is academic. Some students don't have a good experience with school. Um, and you know, some will be the social emotional. And then to put it um, in a sports term, you know, that psychology of sport, of being able to get your, your head back in the game, being able to, you know, manage your emotions and and, um, and be smart and be critical thinkers. I sometimes send um, group texts to uh, my players and I give them scenarios. What would you do if you were the captain and you saw somebody out of uniform? What would you do? Or just, you know, scenarios, because I want them to start thinking about what they would do in situations and be critical thinkers and problem solvers. And we're gonna ask kids, who are you right now? And who do you wanna be? So we take self authorship through some questioning and some, some real personal thought provoking things. And so that will also help to build a foundation for the students.
0: What would success look like for you five years from now, 10 years from now?
1: the program being replicated. So seeing other people, once I get it to a point where it's, it's at a, you know, it it, meet, it meets the needs, but so that other people use it as well, other school districts, other high schools. Again, you know, this work isn't to keep at one school, it's to, it's to share so that a lot of kids make the transition successfully and become successful and meet their goals and their, and their dreams.
0: Yeah, because I would think that the 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 dreams the two two students you've had who went to the MBA, that's kind of the dream in high school, but so few make that dream, and you're preparing them for life, not for the dream.
1: Co- correct. Yes. Um, you know, I always am an A, B, C. So, what's your what's your ultimate goal or dream? Your middle, and then. You're kind of safe. So, if the NBA or the NFL is the goal, that's the A. And I also want kids to have a B and a C. We know that 1.6% of college athletes ever make it to any draft. So, it, you know, it is a small amount, but you know what? I wouldn't crush anybody's dream because this one particular school didn't crush the dream of two people and they made it. So, nobody knows what's going to happen over a summer or a year and what good training and mental preparedness will do for a student. So I want our students to be prepared for whatever.
0: What is something that your students have taught you? They
1: have taught me to think outside of the box. And they've also, they've taught me a sense of humor, a better sense of humor. There's a real warmth about our group of athletes. And I think that, you know, their humanity and, you know, they've, they've, they've taught me to, they've taught me to think about things a lot, a lot differently. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that so much
0: from them. Do your former students come back and see you very often?
1: All the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I have a group that that you become influential with. And so yeah, so if you look at my phone, there's texts, there's, there's contacts, and we keep in touch because, you know, you build a really special relationship. And we have students from years that still need help. They might need a resume, they might need a recommendation, they might need a place to work out. Once you're in the basketball family, you're always in it. So, And our players feel very comfortable coming to us with um, any, any kind of need they have and also coming to us just to say hi.
0: Must be so rewarding.
1: It is, it's extremely rewarding. I've had a wonderful, wonderful career.
0: We look forward to using this podcast to elevate more teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. But you can learn from 9,000 Fund for Teachers fellows now by visiting fundforteachers.org slash blog, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to reach an engaged audience of educators, share your event or product in this podcast by becoming a sponsor. Connect with listeners as they tune in to be inspired by the groundbreaking work our fellows accomplish individually and in the classroom. Contact info at funforteachers.org for more information. And finally, thank you Fun for Teachers fellow Wendy Hutchinson, or Miss Hutch, for talking to us about her beloved basketball family at Edmondson Westside High School in Baltimore, Maryland, and about her fellowship focused on making them the best they can be. Good luck to the men's Red Storm basketball team for a winning 2021-22 season and beyond. I'm Carrie Cajun. Thank you for joining us today at Fund for Teachers, the podcast. Until next time, keep learning.